A billion years ago, there was nothing but space Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus But planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Baby geniuses, we know everything Hello, babies! Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Thanks for listening to our show. Ooh. It's April now. We're recording this in March. Yeah. It's Max Fun Drive. Ow, ow! I'm very excited to make it to another year of this. Yeah. You guys, uh, we'll tell you more about it later, but... But yeah, you'll you'll hear us talk about why it's good to be a member. Yeah. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. We're going to say that a bunch more times today. Get ready. Get ready. Oh, my gosh. We'll say other stuff, too. I am so excited it's spring, finally. I got so depressed last month. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Even in California? You Even got, in California. You got the winter sads? Yeah, because yeah. it's just less sunshine, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It was a weird thing. Like I went into a really deep slump last year around the same time, and oh. I did all this stuff to try and come out of it. And we talked about it on the show, and I had like my whole long hiatus where I was like working on my own stuff, and it was yeah. like I was still in a good place when February came around this year, and I still got depressed i didn't notice yeah it didn't well you're we a very functional we did have one day where we person. were gonna record two episodes and i was like i can't oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know you were depressed i thought you were just sleepy it was like it was, it was just like a depletedness yeah it wasn't even i don't know if it's depression because i don't know if it's i don't think it's exactly what other people experience in that way but it was like i felt a lack of motivation yeah i get deeply depressed like maybe two days every month and mm. I'm like, wow, it would really suck to feel this way all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really intense. Yeah. How, you, how only... your body feels is a fucking prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hate it. I but hate it too. India is licking my arm right now and that's making me feel better. But I already feel better because it's, yeah. I feel bad today because I'm, well, I'm on my period and I'm breaking out and it's like the worst feeling. Breaking <sighs> out is like, you're like, I'm a functional adult. And then your face is like, no, you're not. No, you're you're not. a fucking teen Stay still. Stay inside, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you nerd. Uh, I don't think I, I don't notice if I break out, but the thing that happens to me on my period is like my immune system goes down a little bit and yeah. I'm more likely to get a cold sore. Me too. Because I got herpes oh, simplex yeah. one, y'all. Um, and so... So annoying. It's the worst because then I'm just like, I should just not go outside. Yeah. I never want to go outside when I have one just because it's like, it's itchy and it's painful and it's annoying and it's like, I can't move my mouth as much and I feel like I yeah. just don't want to talk to anyone because I don't want to move my mouth. That's how I feel today. Like the lower half of my face just hurts. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Yeah. I'm I'm like, are there subjects we can talk about that only require the top part of your mouth to talk about? <laughs> I'll try and think of one, but I can't. Just, just like hissing like a snake. <laughs> or just talk about things that distract me from the lower part of my face, like yeah. my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on with your eyes right now? I feel great. I feel great. Um. Uh, yeah. What else? What other parts of your body do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. Well, you're, let's see. So your hiatus is ending. My hiatus is ending. It's been a really cool, like I've basically been on hiatus for a year and I'm starting work again on Monday. And um, 
It's do get, weird. Do you get anxious about transitions like that? Are you like, oh, it's like the first day of school. Like I have to go back to the office. Like, are you I have excited? thought about what I'm going to wear. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So that's one thing. <laughs> but it is also like, for me as like someone who goes from like go- doing TV writing to doing like stand up, it's like going from working on someone else's project to working on like very much my own projects. Yeah. And I usually spend like whatever I'm doing, I am usually pining for the other thing just because that's what being a human is. Um, yeah. But this was the first time where like I've taken like a real long break to work on my own stuff for a while. And so there's a part of me that's sort of thinking about like, did I do everything that I wanted to do in this time? Cause yeah. I'm about to, and then there's also part of me where I'm like, Oh, thank God I'm going to have a routine again. So I can actually get stuff done. Routine is so nice. Cause it's also, it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm more motivated when I have a structure to work around. I definitely am. Yeah. It's yeah. part of ADHD. I was talking about it with my psychiatrist on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so, but I, I will say I'm proud of everything I did in the past year. This feels more like a new year to yeah, me than anything else. you've done a ton. And you've I've like traveled so many places. I and- went to three different continents, if you count. Oh, no, I went to three different continents, yeah. not including North America. Yeah. Um, I traveled to countries on four different continents, if you count Canada. <laughs> I do. Good. <laughs> I went to Canada a bunch of times in the last year. <laughs> three times. Holy shit. Yeah. And um, I recorded an album, which I finally listened to this past week. How is it? I think it's good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't uh, wait to hear it. Yeah. I, I like divided up the track names and stuff. Ooh. I think I picked a name, but I will run some names by you, I oh, guess. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. That's Maybe I'll do that part. off air because I don't want to hear you guys tell me that. Do you know what you're going to do for like the cover yet or anything? Are you going to take some photos? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. That's also, it's like, I think I'm going to name it Pasta. <laughs> which is a reference to a joke that i tell that's like one maybe my favorite joke on the album yeah and also i'm like i could do a pasta photo shoot (laughs) yeah easy you could do one of those like pictures like a little kid where they have pasta all over them and yeah or i could have uh someone make a portrait of me out of pasta yeah oh oh, yes definitely or you could like have just a hairdo made out of pasta but have your actual face oh my god these are all good so many good ideas okay this is the type of thing you guys can chime in on uh (laughs) don't tell me not to name it pasta although i might name it something else yeah i've been i've been sending like my list of potential names out to a bunch of people like a bunch of different types of people to see what they think yeah and um Pasta is so far the most popular. Interesting. Pasta is universally loved. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Uh, Also, I feel like it maybe like makes people think like, ooh, what's this album about? Is it an all Italian joke? Yeah. <laughs> you just speak an Italian accent for the entire special. Uh-huh. I also kind of wanted to name it Unceremonious, which is a reference to a joke on the album that no one laughs at. Uh-huh. But that I say, like, I think you might enjoy that joke later because I think it's a bit of a thinker and it's a joke that I really like. Yeah. But no, and I think it's kind of funny to name a, an album after the joke that does the worst on it. <laughs> That's kind of my favorite kind of joke. It's yeah. like the one you really like and you know is good, but people but don't get right no away. no one else likes. And yeah. then you stubbornly cling to it. The joke that's just for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of those. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Being a comedian, I found, is fighting those instincts. It's like, it's like p- regularly practicing finding the jokes that other people like that you don't. Yeah. Or that like you don't. Like, they're like suppressing the jokes that only you like. 
Yeah. It teaches you which jokes only you like. Yeah. Or maybe if you just repeat them enough, then other people will learn to like them. <laughs> no, that's being bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It depends. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I think there's definitely an element of like, if you really enjoy something, people will enjoy that you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Your enjoyment of it becomes a joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's de- Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> um, I've been in the writer's room now for a month, and now I can't remember how I ever worked at home alone. Oh, really? Without, without a schedule. Like, I don't... like I, other people to, like, bounce things off of? Yeah. Like, I look forward to the weekends now because I'm like, oh, I finally get to be by myself and have no plans. And then the weekend comes and I'm bored and lonely. And I don't understand... Like, I just, wow. like, fully adapted to it and I'm addicted to it now. I'm Yay. like, I just want to be surrounded by people all day. I love that. Yeah. It's weird, though. I, it's, like, the opposite of what I expected. Me, too. Especially, like... Yeah. Yeah. From you, I would not expect that you would enjoy that. I know. But maybe it is the type of thing where like when you're not working in that mode, you do end up kind of getting a little bit lonely and depressed and it makes it harder to like shift back into that. Yeah. But then like once you do it, you're like, oh no, this is how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And just like human interaction is very important. Uh (laughs) It's like really nice to have other people to talk to. Really nice. All day. Um, right now the writer's room is firmly divided on whether or not it's okay to pee in the shower, which I found really interesting. Interesting. What's your take? I think it's totally okay. I feel no, I have no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah. It's weird. Most, most of the men at work are really not into it and they're like, just pee in the toilet. The toilet's right there. Why wouldn't you just pee in the toilet? And all the women are like, uh, that makes so much sense to me that that's the divide because men know the freedom of peeing wherever they want exactly. and women don't. Yeah, so it's this the is the only time women can easily and like consequence free pee standing up. Yes. Fuck men and their privileged take on this. It's also like pee's not that gross. It's not that gross. I mean, gross. this is It's I, gross, not, but it's like it's not like you're not like shitting in the I, shower. Yeah, it's not shitting in the shower. <laughs> I still don't really like peeing in the shower that much. Oh, but really? I yeah, just because it's not as controlled as I'd like. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's a great place to practice your control. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a removable shower head, I think. Oh. Like a handheld shower head. Because then it's like, here's the thing about peeing in the shower. Is this making people barf? Um, <laughs> I just think like, it's hard to wash the underside of you. And to like... If pee gets in part a part of the shower where the water isn't hitting oh. to like wash it down, uh-huh. that's a problem. And so you have to have a moving shower head in order to like rinse everything off completely. Oh. Okay. I'm never taking a shower at your house. Yeah, probably shouldn't. <laughs> probably shouldn't. That's all right. I don't really like having guests anyways. <laughs> um, I love those kinds of uh, writer's room arguments. I know. It's we also just spend like 90% of the time talking shit. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. Oh. Of course. We're getting... Uh, I, well, I shouldn't talk about this. Never mind. Um, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. We're but recording. Is, I'm, I'm reading Nell Scavell's book right now. Ah, uh, yes. I want to read that so bad. Oh, my God. I strongly recommend it. What's it called again? It's, it's called Just the Funny Parts. The yeah. subtitle is... Uh, wait. I have to look at it. Uh just the funny parts and a few hard truths about sneaking into the Hollywood boys club. Uh, it's I love that. so pertinent to my interests in so many ways. Um, yeah. but, uh, 
I forget if it was in this book or just a conversation I was having, but where she was talking about like how in the first few days of a new writer's room, everyone is just like telling sort of like very well-told, well-rehearsed stories about other jobs they've had. Yeah. And that's like kind of the best part is well, you get to hear about. And my favorite stories are about showrunners who are bad at it. Cause then yes. I'm just like, I won't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I might suck, but I'm not going to suck in that particular way. Oh my God. You would love this book. She also lays out like rules for being a good showrunner, which oh. I think I'm like, I agree with all of them. Okay. There's like four or five of them. And uh, I'm going to get this right away. Oh my God. It's so good. I just strongly recommend it to anyone who's interested in gender politics in comedy. It's like, she talks about so many different issues it's also like more intersectional than i expected it to be mm-hmm. uh because she strongly acknowledges like takes uh responsibility for like not doing enough to hire people of color on the yeah. shows that she had the power to do that on yeah but she also points out something i didn't realize david letterman never hired a non-white writer in the entirety of the time that he was on air that's crazy isn't that that's crazy insane having gone through that process now i'm like there are it's not like there aren't a lot of writers out there you know what i mean it's actually not hard to hire (laughs) people of color like there's a lot of really talented yeah funny writers of all shapes and colors it's so embarrassing that's embarrassing i i'm like i find there's no excuse there's literally no excuse for it like it's intentional at that point yeah Yeah. it's like it's like you just want someone who looks like you yeah it's deeply uncool it's deeply uncool and it, I think it makes a show worse, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have read two books recently that both kind of slam David Letterman. Nell Scavell's book is, like, nuanced about Letterman because he's such a big figure in her narrative um, yeah. for a number of reasons. But um, uh, the other book that I read recently was Trainwreck by Sadie Doyle, mm, uh, which I like Trainwrecks, it's so good. Yeah. It's about women who we love to hate and yeah. why. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she talked about was, like, Paris Hilton the way people treated Paris Hilton after her sex tape was leaked, which she said, like, I was intoxicated. I was coerced. Oh, like, shit. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either because yeah. that's not the story we were told. But yeah. then when she went on David Letterman to promote, like, some reality show she was doing or something, uh, she said, like, before the interview, she did not want to talk about the sex tape. Of course. Which it's like, yeah, she doesn't want to talk about her sexual assault, basically. Yeah. And... He ignored that and asked her about it. And she responded, I don't want to talk about that right now. Yeah. And he said, see, that's where you and I differ. Oh, and my big laugh. God. And it's like, oh, fuck. I mean, she was Ugh. just a joke to him. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a joke to him. And it was just a joke to everyone. We're yeah. all complicit. But anyway. I still don't love Paris Hilton, but. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. And I think the point of the book isn't like you need to love these women. But yeah. More but, like but you, you are... don't need to hate them for the reasons that you've been told to. The way women get attacked always seems like out of scale to their crimes. Yes. Especially compared to men who have actually assaulted people. And yes. how much they're defended. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting how much we're like reexamining that stuff right now. And I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> two, two good books, books, two good books. I did the audiobooks of both of them. So read it and write back to us with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, should we do chunch chat? Is it time? It's time. It's time for chunch chat, a regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Ben Chunch. Chunch. 
When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch. Ben chunch. Uh, I don't have any new Ben Chunch news. Um, uh, I have been looking at a lot of different celebrity Instagram posts lately. Okay. This is, and, uh, you know, I just noticed like Nancy Myers liked a Martha Stewart post and I thought that was interesting. Ooh. That's pretty good, right? That, there's some cross- that tracks. Yeah, it tracks and there's some like pleasant crossover there. And I'm happy that the two of them are, are friends then. It's like, you know, Someone, they won't like a post unless they're friendly towards that person. So it actually tells you quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I saw Selma Blair giving Busy Phillips advice on a rash she had on Instagram. <laughs> I thought that was nice. Everyone seems to like Busy Phillips. Yeah. I've met her. She's really cool. She seems fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, I saw David Spade razzing Whitney Cummings on a post Whitney did about riding her horse. He was just like, oh, where's that? Is that the Beverly Center? Like, I don't know. It was just some yeah. weird comment. And oh, my God. She liked it and responded. Uh, I, I just, do like the thing that Instagram does too, where they're like, they show you if someone, <laughs> if a celebrity you. posts something that's like has 10,000 comments, they show you the ones they think you want to see. They're right. Yeah. <laughs> they're usually right. Yeah. yeah. They just fast track it to, I don't have to wade through anything. Yeah. Um, Tom Petty, the late Tom Petty's daughter has been trolling Lena Dunham's Instagram a lot. Oh my God. A lot, a lot. What has she been saying? Oh, just like fake feminist. Fuck you. Like that Whoa. kind of stuff. Yeah. She's got some strong opinions, but Man. I kind of love it. I it's mean, it's fun to watch, but I, also I know I don't want to feel old I'm a little, yeah, I'm yeah. a little like, why are you spending all this time trolling? Um, and she said something that she really hates Marilyn Manson too, which I oh, found yeah. interesting. I hate Marilyn Manson too. Yeah. He seems like an asshole. He's been an asshole recently. Yeah. Well, have you, did you he- read what he said about? No. <laughs> what did he say? I like how I don't even have to finish the sentence. I know it's bad. They, well, cause you know, he used to date. Rose McGowan. Yes. And um, so, of course, someone like asked him what he thought about um, the Me Too stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm just going to look it up really quick because I don't want to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So many dudes are saying so many dumb things right now. Like Terry Gilliam. Oh, my God. Don't even talk. (laughs) Here's what here's what Marilyn Terry Gilliam was like, uh, you know, the Harvey thing. Some people got some good stuff out of that, you know, by sleeping with him. It's like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. Idiot. Um a lot of men are contending with their own irrelevance right now, and it's kind of um satisfying to watch, but also really embarrassing. Yeah. Um in a recent interview with the UK's Channel 4, Marilyn Manson was asked about the Me Too movement and offered a controversial take. I just don't want to see this turn into hot see this turn Hollywood into something that takes away from films being made. What? That's not to disrespect those people that are saying the allegations. I just think that if you have something to say, you should say it to the police, not to the press and handle it that way. First and foremost. Oh yeah. I really That's trust I the police do. to handle uh, sexual assault. Yeah. Issues. Like, like they've definitely the attorney general in New York covered for Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. Like got bribed. The fucking police have definitely proven themselves to be trustworthy. <laughs> he also said, There are always allegations, of course, but when someone starts complaining about something that happened that seems a little bit not as serious as sexual assault, I think that's insulting to people who have been sexually assaulted. Okay. So you can, if you're a woman, the only thing you can complain about is rape. Right, right. Um, And then he said, maybe all men are bad or all men can't do anything inappropriate, Manson says. It makes you feel like you can't even say, or if I meet her, motions off camera, and I look at her in the wrong way, I'm going to be accused of something wrong. 
Maybe don't be a fucking prick then. Yeah, maybe don't be a fucking prick. Also, you're wrong. Also, very cool anti-establishment take Marilyn Manson to be like, you should go to the police. Yeah, the police are great. <laughs> Ex- extremely prick. punk rock of you, you fucking piece of you shit. You're a fucking like, wannabe Trent Reznor piece of ass <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails was always way cooler than Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Does that conclude Chunch Chat? It does. Long live Nine Inch Nails. Uh, We'll be right back with One on Fun. I hope Trent Reznor hasn't done anything problematic. (laughs) I haven't checked. I haven't either. I know Brent Ratner has, and those names sound very similar. (laughs) Are they brothers? (laughs) Are we still rolling? (laughs) Okay, good. It's Maximum Drive, you guys. It's our favorite time of year. Yeah. Uh, Maximum Fun is listener supported. And so now's the time when you guys pledge your support. Uh, this happens once a year. And it's our best shows of the year. Yeah. And we offer great thank you gifts. It's a celebration of all things Maximum Fun. And it really is the best time to become a member. Or if you're already a member, to upgrade your membership, renew, all that good stuff. Yeah. We entertain you guys. We tell you dumb jokes. We talk about our butts. Yeah. We talk about... I've revealed personal information that I probably shouldn't have. Oh, my God. So, so much. We've both violated NDAs on this show. Absolutely. Um, So the least you can do is become a member. Yeah. Um, Monthly memberships support our show. It keeps this show going. Um, Yeah, it really really helps us, helps us pay our producer, Rob. And it means that every time you listen, you get to feel good about the fact that you're helping make the show happen or or bad if we're really grossing you out and making you barf. Um, (laughs) You um, should uh, pay us for the experience (laughs) of making you want to barf while you drive to work in the morning. um, This year, the goal is 25,000 new and upgrading members for Maximum Fun. Sounds like a lot, but from my experience, they exceed this every single year. Yeah. So many people are into Max Fun and the wonderful podcast they provide. It's really one of my favorite communities that I've ever been a part of. Me too. Um, There are great pledge gifts this year um, at the $10 a month, $20 a month, $35 a month monthly levels. There's new enamel pins. There's a by Megan Lynn Cott, who's such a great artist. It's a really cool looking pin. Um, There's a cookbook with I contributed a recipe to it. Yeah, it's got recipes from a bunch of different podcast hosts. Yeah. Um, you know podcast hosts are the best chefs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it comes with cookie cutters too, which is really cute. Yeah. There's a very classy juice carafe. <laughs> Uh, which you know, you can iced tea and yeah. lemonade needs, and you know what, you can fucking put booze in there if you want to. Oh, you totally could. Yeah, no one's gonna stop you. I won't. Uh, I'm not a cop. <laughs> I've established <laughs> that on this show. Um, it's helpful can- to to be a member at any level too. Like whether it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, like every little bit helps for sure, and helps us keep the show going. Um, and then there are higher levels with very special perks, too. Um, you can see all the pledge gifts by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Um, and we would really like to ask you to support our show by becoming a Maximum Fund monthly member. Uh, you can contribute at a wide range of levels, as we as we said. Um, and I also want to thank all the people who are already members uh, because... Oh, yeah. You guys are making this happen. If you can... Y'all are awesome. Yeah, you guys are. Uh, if you can consider increasing your support, during the pledge drive, because if you upgrade, you'll be eligible for a bunch of cool stuff. Um, but if not, you know what? Keep doing you. Yeah. We've all had a hard year. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. 
Um, so to become a member, go to maxfund.org slash donate. Select the membership level that's right for you. You'll provide your credit card, your social... No, just kidding. Just your credit <laughs> card. Uh, don't forget to select baby geniuses when you're asked for your listener habits. That helps us personally. It you, really does. Yeah. We are trying to humiliate other shows. Yeah. We want to... network. We want to beat them down. Yeah. Um, and your donation will process automatically each month and renews automatically each year. So you don't have to do anything else. It's just a one-time thing. Yeah. Unless someone steals your credit card and then you have to start over and put your new one in. Yeah. But you know what? That's life. So become a member now. <laughs> if you've ever considered becoming a member, now is the time. Do not wait. It really is. This is the best time to do it because this is when you get all the fun stuff and all the perks and stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you, guys. You. We love you. Love you. It's time for one on fun. Emily. Yes. If you had to write 1,000 short stories about one thing, what would they be about? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> How long do the stories have to be? I mean, short, you know, short. so they yeah, can, they be, can like, be like a page. If one could be a paragraph, one could be a page. Yeah, about one subject. Um, Oh, since we were recommending books earlier, I've been finally reading Miranda July's short story collection. Oh, it's really great. It is. Okay. She's brilliant. I would check that out. I have a hard time with short story uh, books because like... You my, can stop and start at any moment. Yeah, yeah. My biggest problem is getting hooked on something. Like yeah. I need to get hooked on something. It's nice because you can read like a couple and then yeah. just, you know, you don't have to finish it. But yeah. she's really got some nice turns of phrase. Uh, anyway, I guess if I had to write about one thing forever, it would probably be... Um, Men being stupid. <laughs> that's great. It's nice yeah. and broad. It can really be interpreted a lot of different ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. Um, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, if you had... I have no end in, of the sentence in mind. I like um, that you're just starting freeform. I'm starting it's like, and it's... It's really stream of I'm consciousness. I'm really panicking is what's happening internally right now. Um, it can be a question about that. It can yeah. be like, if you uh, had to start a club that was unrelated to what you do for a living, Oof. that you had to preside over meetings once a week. Oh God. What would it be? Unrelated. About? Unrelated to what I do for a living. Yeah. That like sucks. If, you could, if you could get, a, <laughs> if you could get a cool group of people together to do one activity that you wanted them to do. Could it be related to horses? I'm going to say no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that'd be too easy. Yes. It would definitely be a horse club. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, shoot. And it can't really be crafts, can it? Because I do art for a living. It could, I guess. Um, I'm gonna, I want you to answer both ways. Both if ways. yes and if no. Yes and no. Um, what would it be? A computer club. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like... This podcast is sort of that. Yes, it's but a two-person club. <laughs> it's a club. Um, what else do I like? <laughs> I like. I think about work 95% of the time, and the other 5% is horses. There's like nothing else to me. Yeah. <laughs> what about video games? Oh, I do like video games. You could like get a group of people together to go to an arcade. Oh, you know what? I think it would be a film club, because oh. I've been like wanting to watch more 
movies and TV shows and stuff. And just like, we would just watch an interesting film and then talk about it. Yeah. So nerdy. No, I like that. I think, yeah, I think I'd be into that. I like it when other people are recommend good movies to me and then I watch them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched this, uh, creepy Mickey Rourke movie because someone at work recommended it and I'd never seen it before. And it had Kim Basinger in it. Uh, what's it called? Oh yeah. Nine and a half weeks. Um, and it was just so fun to like, watch an old movie and then go back to work and talk about it. Yeah. So yeah, film club. Film club. <laughs> that concludes one on fun. Uh, we'll be right back with Wiki of the Week. All right, guys. It's still Max Fun Drive. We're back. We're back to talk to you about this. Um, your memberships, they support the show. They make this show happen. They help yeah. us. They keep us in LaCroix and chips and also keep our producer Rob from leaving in our grossest burps. Yeah. I know. Uh, he's very, very supportive of he, our burps. And it's it's just because he's thinking about how many great members we have. Yeah. For our podcast and for Max, <laughs> and for Max Fun. It's well, definitely I'm saying, related I'm to that. We are paying him to remove the gross burps. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I see. I see. I see. Um, and if you guys aren't don't become members, we'll add all the burps back yeah, in. I'm gonna take a big swig of this carbonated drink. We'll add all the burps back into all of our old episodes too. Um, but having burps edited out is not the only thing you get from becoming a member. Um, they're great pledge gifts at the ten dollar, twenty dollar, and thirty five dollar monthly levels. So many goodies. Yes. So this doesn't even have to be an altruistic act. You can become a member just because you want those gifties. Yeah. And also at the $5 monthly level, level you get uh, access to exclusive bonus content. Oh, we made such a good bonus episode, really, you guys. I think it might be our fa- my favorite bonus episode that we sure. done. I mean, I liked the hathathon we did last year, but that was good. This was a really challenging. I like talked about it for a while afterward yeah. with Peter like Yeah. It was you know. So if you become a member at that level, $5, then you can get access to access this to very special episode very special um you can go you can see all the pledge gifts by going to maximumfund.org slash donate um support our show yeah we're Become- trying to reach a goal of twenty five thousand newer upgrading members and uh yeah i mean you guys should definitely support us uh thanks again to all our current monthly members you guys are the best uh if you can consider increasing your support during the pledge drive it's the best time to do it yeah why not if yeah. you had a good year yeah give a little it's really easy. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Select the membership level that's right for you. Give your credit card number along with some other basic info. And voila, you are a member. Yeah, tell them you listen to us yeah, because we're the best. Definitely mention us. Say mean things about other shows. <laughs> <laughs> Even if there's not a field for it. <laughs> Become a hacker. Create a field. Yeah, just talk shit about the McElroys. <laughs> Just kidding. We love them. We're taking them down. down. <laughs> There's no way we would ever do that. No. There's so many of them and then also so many of their podcasts. <laughs> we love them all. <laughs> uh, become a member now. Yeah. If you're in front of a computer, like take a moment and just do it. It's you're thinking so easy. about it now. You can even use your phone to do it. Your phone is a computer. Oh my God. This is the kind of deep philosophy that you, you'll be supporting by becoming a member of Maximum Fun. Thanks, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Welcome to Wiki of the Week. (laughs) Everyone, pop your cans. Pop it, pop it. Yeah, which is a slang for boops. (laughs) And for multiple butts. 
<laughs> our uh, wiki page this week is Goofy, which was re- uh, recommended to us by Chelsea Van Weird, who is in. Great name. Who uh, wanted us to do the Goofy Holler in particular, but we'll go down the rest of the page because there's yeah. some weird shit Goofy here. Holler being a section on this Wikipedia page among many very, very good, enticingly named sections. Yeah. Such as the Everyman Years. <laughs> World War Two, <laughs> Super Goof. This has a rich history. Yeah. Um, Goofy is a funny animal cartoon character created. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, it just feels like an editorialization, but it's actually a hyperlink to a different Wikipedia page yeah. for funny animal cartoon. Which I'm very into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I love most. Uh, created in 1932 at Walt Disney Productions. Goofy is a tall anthropomorphic animal with a southern drawl and typically wears a turtleneck and vest with pants, shoes, white gloves. <laughs> oh, those white gloves. Yeah, they are gloves. Uh, yeah. And a tall hat originally designed as a rumpled fedora. Goofy is a close friend of Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and is one of Disney's most recognizable characters. He's normally characterized as extremely clumsy and dim-witted, yet this interpretation is not always definitive. Occasionally, Goofy is shown as intuitive and clever, albeit in his own unique, eccentric way. Fascinating. (laughs) It is like, for these characters that had to like live such a long life and do... What I think is interesting about this, just from my own perspective as like a Frasier fan, I'm just (laughs) comparing it to the process where like... They take when you take an arch character who's a side character and you have to make he them evolves. the protagonist, yeah. they evolve. Yeah. They evolve in interesting ways. And I think it's it says a lot about us as a society, what characteristics we give to a character when we have to make them the protagonist of a story versus the foil. Anyway, yeah. Um <laughs> uh, he first uh, debuted in animated cartoons uh with Mickey's review as Dippy Dog. Dippy Dog, D-A-W-G. Who is older than Goofy would come to be. <laughs> Later the same year, he was reimagined as a younger character, now called Goofy, in the short The Whoopie Party. I want to just compliment the wording of that sentence. Older than Goofy would come to be. That's beautiful. What a complicated, like, chronological thing they're trying to express. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> During the 1930s, he was used extensively as part of a comedy trio with Mickey and Donald. Starting in 1939, Goofy was given his own series of shorts that were popular in the 40s and early 50s. Two Goofy shorts were nominated for an Oscar, How to Play Football, 1944, and Aquamania, 1961. He also co-starred in a short series with Donald, including Polar Trappers, 1938, where they first appeared without Mickey Mouse. Wow. It's, It's fascinating to me to think about not how easy it used to be to get nominated for an Oscar, but just how like... You didn't have to be classy. Yeah. You know? How to play football definitely didn't have any, like, biting social commentary in it. I feel like shorts have to be sort of political now. Maybe not. Although, I mean, fucking Kobe Bryant just won an Oscar for a fucking basketball thing. So, yeah, yeah, never mind. I'm wrong. It's complicated. It's complicated. People have really conflicted feelings about him. (sighs) Yeah. We aren't. Yeah, the jury's not out, surprisingly. He returned to theatrical animation in 1983 with Mickey's Christmas Carol. Uh, His last theatrical appearance was How to Hook Up Your Home Theater in 2007. (laughs) I do not remember that title. I don't know about that one. (laughs) Um, He's been featured in television most extensively in Goof Troop, what, what, in the early 90s, as well as House of Mouse in the early 2000s, and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, 2006 to 2016. Yeah. Originally known as Dippy Dog, the character is commonly known simply as Goofy, a name used in his short film series. 
In his 1950s cartoons, he usually played a character called George G. Geef. <laughs> Sources from the Goof Troop continuity give the character's full name as Goofy G. Goof likely a reference to the 1950s name. In many other sources, both animated and comics, the surname Goof continues to be used. In other 1920s or in other 2000s era comics, the character's full name has occasionally been given as Goofus D. Dog. <laughs> he has so many good names. He's really like Puff Daddy before Puff Daddy. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting how closely they mirror each other mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, yeah. Ooh, can I just like point out on the right hand side and like the vital info? There's section? some really good stats here. Yeah. Um, he's had so many significant others. Yeah. Clarabelle Cow, occasionally. Glory Bee, 1960s comics. Zenobia, 1980s comics. Sylvia Marpole, an extremely goofy movie. It says his children is Max Goof, his son. Then what's the name of the the teenage girl in Goof Troop? Because I thought her name was Max. Uh, No, I guess her name... You know, the hot one. Roxanne or Mona? Wait. I don't know. I'm looking at uh, the Max Goof page now. We'll figure this out. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, Um, Art Babbitt is most regarded out of Disney Studio animators for the creation of the Goofy character. While original concept drawings were by Frank Webb. Uh, in a 1930s lecture, Babbitt described the character as, think of the goof as a composite of an everlasting optimist, a gullible good Samaritan, a half-wit, a shiftless, good-natured, colored boy, and a hick. Oh, no! Oh, no! That crept up on me. I had heard that there were some origins like that to this. It was one of those things where it's like, I don't remember where I read it. I don't know how credible those sources are, but that's fucked up. I mean, it was the 1930s. Yeah. Well, it was even more fucked than it is today. Someone pointed out a while ago that like the design of both Mickey and Goofy is like minstrelly. Minstrelly, for sure. Um, The white gloves and yeah. And the like very black skin and Yeah. uh, yeah. That's so weird. It's so... It's so fucked. Yeah. Uh, but they're animals, so they get away with it. They were like, yeah, they, like, they changed it yeah. enough. Um, Yikes. Yeah. In the comics and his pre-1992 animated appearances, Goofy was usually portrayed as single and childless, though unlike Mickey and Donald, he didn't have a steady girlfriend. The exception were the 1950s cartoons in which Goofy played a character named George Geef, who was married and at one point became the father of a kid named George Jr., in the who he abandoned apparently yeah. uh in the goof troop series 92 to 93 however goofy was portrayed as a single father with a son named max and what the happened ki- to the mom what happened to the mom <laughs> he threw off a cliff <laughs> <laughs> and the character of max made further animated appearances until 2004 this marked a division between animation and comics as the latter kept showing goofy as a single childless character excluding comics taking place in the goof troop continuity there's no like canon to him it's there's really, no canon to him yeah, yeah disturbing after 2004 max disappeared from animation thus removing the division between the two media where did he go to where his mom was what happened (laughs) goofy's wife was never shown while george geef's wife appeared but always with her face unseen she was always a nag yeah in 1950s produced cartoon shorts depicting the character as a quote family man she was like the all the women characters in the big short (laughs) yes (laughs) um oh god in the comics, Goofy usually appears as Mickey's sidekick, although he's also occasionally shown as a protagonist. 
He lives in Mouston in the comics and in Spoonerville in Goof Troop. Um, his closest relatives are his nephew Gilbert, his adventurer cousin Arizona Goof. Origin- <laughs> the original Italian name was Indiana Pips. Who's what? A, <laughs> what do you a, mean Italian name? Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Pips. Uh, he's a spoof of the fictional archaeologist Indiana Jones and his grandmother, simply called Grandma Goofy. Oh, I like the catchphrases part. His, his catchphrases are gosh, which is his usual exclamation of surprise and his way of pronouncing gosh, along with a yuck, a yuck, a distinctive chuckle that is sometimes followed by a <laughs> and especially the goofy holler. Can't wait to get to the goofy holler section. Um, <laughs> According to biographer Neil Gabler, Walt Disney disliked the goofy cartoons, thinking they were merely stupid cartoons with gags tied together, with no larger narrative or emotional engagement, and a step backwards to the early days of animation. Mm. As such, he threatened constantly to terminate the series, but it only continued it to provide make work for his animators. Yeah, animators definitely needed more work to do. <laughs> Animation historian Michael Barrier is skeptical of Gabler's claim, saying that his source did not correspond with what was written. Maybe he changed his mind when it won an Academy Award. Yeah. Well, did it win or was it just nominated? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. That's a good question. But it's been so long since we've been at the first paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do we want to do all of this or should we jump down? Let's yeah. See. The Everyman years. I mean, as always, we recommend that you guys read these pages on your own if they interest you. Yeah, there's so just so much. I like so there's like sections now early years, trio years with Mickey and Donald. Which I think is interesting. And then break off into solo series. I like this. Mickey's part diminished in favor of Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. The reason for this was simple. Between the easily frustrated Donald and Pluto and always living in a world of his own Goofy, of his own Goofy, Mickey, who became progressively gentler and more laid back, seemed to act as the straight man of the trio. Mm. The studio artist found that it had become easier coming up with new gags for Goofy or Donald than Mickey, to a point that Mickey's role had become unnecessary. He wasn't a really... Mickey was never, like, the best character. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He didn't like, have any distinguishing characteristics. Like, I think sometimes it, he seems laid back and sometimes he doesn't. At first, like, in the early, like, Steamboat Willie, he was, yeah. like, mischievous. Yeah. But then they had to make him more of, like, a cipher or, like, a proxy for the audience because they needed everyone to love him. Yeah. And so they just took away any personality he that he had. He didn't seem fun anymore. He seemed like Jiminy Cricket yeah. or something. It was, like, too... It's weird how he means nothing. And he stands for nothing. He's like Hello Kitty. You can just project anything onto him. Yes. And the more personality they give him, the less you can project. Yeah. I don't like him. There's something <laughs> very weird and sexless about, <sighs> about Mickey. Yeah. He, you know what I mean? Like his only characteristic is his status as the figurehead yeah. of the empire. I don't trust it. Which is a status he seems like unaware of. Yeah. But also like, you know, he needs that status. Like yeah. without it, he's nothing. Who is he? Right? Don't trust him. Yeah. Don't be in a room alone with Mickey. <laughs> um, Polar Trappers, first released on June 17th, 1938, was the first time to feature Goofy and Donald as a duo. The short oh. features the duo as partners and owners of Donald and Goofy Trapping Co. They have settled in the Arctic for an unspecified period of time. I think I remember this one. <laughs> to capture live walruses to bring back to civilization. Their food supplies consist of canned beans. The focus shifts between Goofy trying to set traps for walruses and Donald trying to catch penguins to use as food, both with the same lack of success. But two idiots. Yeah. This is great. (laughs) Mickey would return in The Whalers, first released on August 19th, 1938, 
But this and also Tugboat Mickey, released on April 26, 1940, would be the last two shorts to feature all three characters as a team. Wow. They broke up. They broke up. They broke off into solo careers. Yeah. Um, blah, blah, blah. World War II. Maybe the everyman years. Yeah, wait. What's he doing during World War II? Doesn't say much. During World War II, Goofy was drafted oh. <laughs> and became the mascot emblem of the 602nd Bombardment Squadron and the 756 Bombardment Squadron U.S. Air Corps. There's two very ominous drawings of him dropping bombs. These are cute. One of them is very Irish with like a clover. Yeah. And a little Irish Like a shamrock. Yeah. And then the other one is him like standing on a cloud dangling a bomb. (laughs) That's not cool. It's fucking weird. That's so weird. Yeah. It's a very short section. Uh, Everyman years. The 1950s saw Goofy transformed into a family man going through the trials of everyday life, such as dieting, giving up smoking, and the problems of raising children. Do you remember that one with him working out? And he had that machine that had like the stretchy things he was pulling. Oh, I watched that one a lot. Um, Walt Disney himself came up with this idea, hoping it would put personality back into the character that he felt was lost when Goofy was merely a crowd of extras. Interestingly, Goofy is never referred to as Goofy during this period. While every cartoon continued with the opening, Walt Disney presents Goofy before each cartoon's title. He was usually called George Geef in the cartoon's dialogue. When the stories featured Goofy as multiple characters, and he had numerous other names as well. In addition, the 1950s Goofy shorts gave Goofy a makeover. He was more intelligent, had smaller eyes with eyebrows. Often his whole body was pale instead of just his face, while the rest was black and sometimes had a normal voice. That's weird. Did he not have eyebrows before? I guess not. Sometimes I draw characters without eyebrows, and then we have to add them in later in BoJack because it's oh. really hard to make a character expressive without them. Oh, that's so weird. But I Does think it, is it jarring when they get the eyebrows later? I don't like it because for me, it crosses the line into looking more human. Um, yeah, and animals tend to not have brows. But sometimes can't you, need you just them. move the part of the face where the eyebrows would be? Sometimes we just add them for certain scenes and then oh, take them out. Weird. Um, I'm gonna look out for that now. I know. See if you notice it. Uh, he even lacked his droopy ears, the external par- pair of teeth, and white gloves in some shorts. Oh, God. He, yeah, in this picture, he has, like, skin-colored hands. Oh, that's so weird. It is weird. The picture that they use for this section is very interesting. <laughs> it's Goofy and his George Geef persona in Cold War 1951, and it's him holding it's something like a- that looks like a big... Pi- it's a phallic. Anyway, this looks like Goofy's holding a big, scary pink dick. Yeah. And he's frightened by it. It's a really interesting screenshot. It's a beautiful drawing. It's not representative. (laughs) I like when Wikipedia pictures are not representative in the way that they need to be. Yeah, who chose this and why? (laughs) According to animation historian Christopher P. Lehman... Disney had started casting Goofy as a suburban everyman in the late 1940s, and with this role came changes in depiction. Goofy's facial stubble and his protruding teeth were removed to give him a more refined look. His clothing changed from a casual style to wearing business suits. Ooh, he's growing up. He began to look more human and less dog-like with his ears hidden in his hat. I didn't like that. Yeah. I don't like when... <laughs> Keep him a dog. You need your ears for hearing stuff. Yeah. By 1951, Goofy was portrayed as being married and having a son of his own. Neither the wife nor the son were portrayed as dog-like. The wife's face was never seen, but her form was human. The son lacked Goofy's dog-like ears. Super weird. Super weird. Lehman connects this depiction of the character to Disney's use of humor and animal characters to reinforce social conformity. 
He cites as an example Aquamania, 1961, where every man Goofy drives to the lake for a boat ride. During a scene depicting a pileup accident, every car involved has a boat hitched to its rear bumper. Goofy is portrayed as one of numerous people who had the same idea about how to spend the, their day. Every contestant in the boat race also looks like Goofy. Lehman does not think that Disney used these aspects of the film to poke fun at conformity. Instead, the studio apparently accepted conformity as a fundamental aspect of the society of the United States. Aquamania was released in the 1960s, but largely maintained and prolonged the status quo of the 1950s. The decade had changed, but the Disney studio followed the same story formulas for theatrical animated shorts that had followed in the previous decade. And Lehman points that Disney re received social approval for it. Aquamania itself received a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. It's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. um, and I tend to agree. <laughs> also, just based on like the type of stuff that like Disney was saying at the time. Yeah. In his personal life and in his politics. Like, he was pretty conservative and yeah. was into conformity. Mm -hmm. In the 1990s, Goofy got his own TV series called Goof Troop. But yeah. In the show, Goofy lives with his son, Max, and his cat, Waffles, and they live next door to Pete and his family. Which I, wasn't Pete, like, kind of a bad guy originally, or did he? Yeah, I think he was, like, he's, like, kind of a shitster. Yeah. Like, menacing. I don't really He's remember. kind of a brute. Yeah. The Goof Troop eventually led to Goofy and Max starring in their own movies, a Goofy movie in 1995 and an extremely Goofy movie in 2000, as well as starring in their own segments of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas and Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. <laughs> While Goofy is clearly depicted as a single custodial parent in all of these appearances, by the end of an extremely Goofy movie, he begins a romance with the character Sylvia Marple. Mm, I really loved that movie. I don't remember if I saw it. It's the one where they're like on a road trip, right? Is there one? Oh, no, that's a goofy movie. Is Never there mind. one where they go on like a river boating? Yes. Yeah. That's a goofy movie. I guess I saw it. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I, I guess I never saw an extremely goofy movie. Huh. Yeah. Um, I'll have to revisit. Um, <laughs> uh, There's a bunch of other appearances. Yeah. I mean, these are the stuff that the things that are maybe like uh, more familiar to us here's something that's interesting uh goofy also appears in the children's television series mickey mouse clubhouse with his trademark attire and personality goofy appeared in the lion king one and a half how really? yeah why in what way how could how is that possible that makes that movie sound so shitty yeah <laughs> <laughs> knowing that goofy is in it makes me never want to see it it's like when a celebrity does a cameo on a tv show that's set in like the midwest and you're like why are they there why it's like when Ed Sheeran shows up in Bridget Jones's baby. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, this movie is shitty. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Me, an Ed Sheeran fan. Even I know he shouldn't be in that movie. <laughs> didn't make any sense. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's like a whole list of the theatrical shorts. I totally remember The Art of Skiing. That one is like so, so just like. That's classic. It's legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we go down to the Goofy Holler? Yeah. The main attraction? Oh, wait, what's Super Goof? What is... Super Goof is Goofy's superhero alter ego. He gets his powers by eating Super Goobers, <laughs> which are peanuts. Goofy became the first Disney character to also be a superhero, but several would follow, including Donald Duck as Paperinick? What? What's Paperinick? Wait. Paperinick. I'm, get, I'm going to that section. Hang on. What is that? 
Was Darkwing Duck related to Donald Duck? Or was that a different thing? I think it was a different thing. I feel like I've asked this on the podcast before. Really? Yeah. And I maybe didn't know the answer then either. We never, I never want to know. Please don't at me. <laughs> I would prefer to wonder for the rest of my life. Uh, Paperinic. Oh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, yeah. Mm. Donald wasn't in um, uh, DuckTales, was he? It was just Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Uncle and Scrooge. Uncle Scrooge. I love DuckTales. Was that DuckTales or was that something else? That was DuckTales. Really? Yeah. God, I'm so confused Duck by tales. all of this. Woo. Yeah, wasn't that about aviators? No, no. That was a tailspin. Oh, oh my God. Which I also love. Yeah, also good. But DuckTales was my jam. A lot of duck duck stuff. It was all great. And then Tailspin had like Baloo the bear from the Jungle Book, which was so confusing. And it had Alvin, or no, no, not Alvin. It had the the two. Chippendale. Chippendale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not Alvin. Oh my God. Um, These worlds are so confused. It was so weird the way they combined those characters. It's so interesting that like there are so many different duck ones and there aren't any other mouse ones really. Yeah, because they can't flesh out Mickey or else he becomes too solid. Yeah, what he has to remain this like elusive figure. Was Rescue Rangers Disney? It was. Yes. Chipendale, Rescue Rangers. I fucking loved Oh yeah, Rescue Rangers was a show, but then also Rescuers Down Under was the Disney movie, but that was unrelated. Oh my God, unrelated. But I also loved and recently remembered that the mouse Rescuers, I think maybe wasn't Disney. I don't know. I think it was. Rescuers Down Under was like a lesser Disney movie. Um, was it? Am I insane? Oh no, it is Disney. Yeah, you're right. Um, but the mouse in that that like he's like kind of a Australian mouse that would but track he had, <laughs> had the hat and the like little jacket. I like wanted to be him. I was obsessed with him. <laughs> yeah, rodent. He was, he was in like Disney he was movies, very sexy. He like had, newsy looking sort of. Very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely wanted to have that kind of look. Oh yeah, American Tail too. Yeah, I will say like vests do not play as big a part of my wardrobe as I expected them to as a child. I've watching tried cartoons. I've tried. Yeah, it doesn't look good on me. <sighs> um, goofy holler. Let's do it. Let's do it. The goofy holler is a stock sound effect that is frequently used in Walt Disney cartoons and films. It is the cry Goofy makes when falling or being <laughs> launched into the air that can be transcribed as Yahoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-ho
the a version of the holler is used in a cutaway of the in the Dial Meg for Murder episode of Family Guy when Goofy is cast into hell for causing 9-11. God. What's happened That's to that so show? Stupid. <laughs> the term Goofy Holler was first created by a user of the internet movie database. Oh. And originated on the trivia page for a Goofy movie. It is now generally considered the name for the sound effect. In Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two. However, it is referenced as Goofy Yell. <laughs> what the hell is that? And why? What the? Oh, it's a platform video game and the sequel to Epic Mickey. Man, there's there's I'm so many mediums that there's goofy information on and there's no consistency across them. Yeah. If I got hired as an executive as Disney, my first thing would be to like make some cohesion happen on the goofy, goofy uh, background. <laughs> I just um, clicked through and found out that there's something called Index, which is the International Network of Disney Universe Comic Knowers and Sources. But I just like that it's called <laughs> Index because we've been talking about so much duck stuff. Yeah. That's so oh, weird. Um, it's very weird. Does that conclude Wiki of the Week? It does. Uh, it's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? Uh, what did I learn? What did I learn? Not a lot. <laughs> I guess I learned, right. I learned that Goofy used to be called Dippy Dow. <laughs> There's something. That'll be useful info. Yeah, you'll use that information at some point. For sure. Um, and I learned that uh, Tom Petty's daughter is on Instagram. Yeah. I didn't know that. Her account might be private, but I got in there. She has, she's into horses. So that's why I just and like I, picturing I, you like f- furiously typing on a keyboard and then being like, I'm in. I'm in. I like tapped into the main frame or whatever. I also, I also met her uh, years ago when I worked at the New Art Movie Theater. She came in once and like she handed me her credit card to pay for like candy while she ran off to the bathroom. I looked at her credit card and it said, you know, Petty was a last name and she looked like him. So oh when she came God. back, I was like, are you Tom Petty's daughter? And she said, yeah. And I was like, I loved his last album. She's like, oh, thanks. I'll tell him. And she just seemed super. Oh my God. Tom Petty heard a compliment from you. Yeah. She, well, I don't know if she actually told him, but she, she loves her dad. Very sweet. Oh man. Um, should I, uh, scribe a butt pick? Please do. We got one butt pick. You guys need to send us more. Uh, this one as a token of my appreciation encloses a picture of my husband's butt. I wasn't sure if butts were supposed to be clothed or nude. So I leaned on the safe side and had him put on some boxer briefs. <laughs> They're nice. He's wearing nail polish and he's got maroon boxers. Very nice husband. Very butt. nice husband. I butt. mean, I prefer nude, but f- you know, fine. I'll take it. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. And I'm begging you all <laughs> to send more butt pics to baby geniuses podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for the ones you've already sent. Yes. Um, Appreciate it. I also want to mention the Max Fun Drive one more time. This is our only pledge episode of the year, and it is the best time to become a member or upgrade your membership. Yeah. Yeah. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And thank you guys for supporting Baby Geniuses. Thanks, guys. And And goodbye. Baby Geniuses, (laughs) we know everything. Baby Geniuses, we know everything. Baby Geniuses. We know everything, baby geniuses, we know everything. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.